I would say you want to just check someone out, anyone that you're interested in working with. Um, sure, check their resume and see how long they've been doing it. But get a session with them if they're willing and try them out and see how it feels and see what kind of planning they do with you. And if you feel like there's a really great connection, try them out for a month. G'day folks, welcome to another episode of the WP Elevation podcast. My name is Troy Dean, I'm your host, and this week's feature conversation is with an Aussie living in Colorado who was retired in Indonesia, but decided to get back into the coaching game. He is now based in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, he is from playforreal.life. His name is David Wood, and there's lots to learn in this episode. He's particularly uh, got a framework that he uses, uses called Truth, Daring, and Caring. We unpack that. We also talk about the effort involved in the and the possible benefits of writing a book. And we also talk about building relationships. He actually managed to get Jack Canfield, of course, the author of uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul, to write the forward to his book, which he said was a great credibility indicator. We talk about how that relationship came about. And we talk about what a modern day coaching practice looks like. There's lots to unpack here and lots to enjoy. So get your pens and your paper ready and let's go and meet David Wood. This is the WP Elevation Podcast. Helping WordPress consultants elevate. Just before we get into this episode of the podcast, I have a quick favor to ask. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on iTunes at wpelevation.com slash iTunes. Or if you're not an Apple user, you can get us on Stitcher Radio at wpelevation.com slash Stitcher. And please, if you are on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. It really does help us come up in the search results and get the show in front of a wider audience. And we love your feedback and we read all of the reviews. Thanks in advance. Now let's get back to the show. G'day folks, Troy Dean here and welcome to another episode of the WP Elevation podcast. My feature guest this week is all the way from Boulder, Colorado in the United States. Playforreal.life is the website. I am joined by David Wood. Hey David, thanks for joining us on the show. G'day Troy, thanks mate. And I live in Boulder but I am from Sydney. Is that so. right? Yeah, I, I'm an Aussie. Ah, I, the, the accent is uh, quite international. It's not quite Australian, <laughs> but not quite American. How long have you been stateside? Uh, I've, I've lived here on and off since 93, so like 20-something years. I've, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been in the States, and sometimes I'm back and forth. Right. In fact, your accent, that kind of cross between the Australian and the American, reminds me a little bit of Hugh Jackman. He's kind of yes. got that. I saw him in an interview recently, and I'm like, yeah, he's been there long enough that he's starting to pick up a bit of the, the, the twang, but he hasn't lost his, uh, his Aussie inflections. Uh, what took you yeah. over to the States? Why did, you, why did you move to the States? Well, I travelled for a year, as, as all Aussies have to do by law, <laughs> uh, when I was about 20, and I, re I loved it, but I realised I couldn't afford to keep doing it. So I talked to my company about, can I live in another country? Can I get a transfer? And then you guys will pay me to live and work in another country. It seemed like a great idea. And it actually happened. <laughs> I got a transfer to, to Park Avenue, New York, and, be, and was a consultant there. Wow. So, yeah. What's, uh, what, what industry were you working in back then? I was a consulting actuary. 
So my job was to help Fortune 50 companies with their international superannuation and pension plans. Wow. Back back then, before I had a change of change of life. And uh, for those that don't know, what are you doing now, and where has that change of life taken you? Well, I discovered personal growth. It was an eye-opener because I was very cynical, and I was really into just ambition and success and, and money and looking good. And I still like all of those things, but uh, I discovered what's possible when I add more truth, daring, and caring to my life. And so I embarked on a journey of self-discovery and uh, coach training because I found that when I was having breakthroughs, the only thing better than or as good as me having breakthroughs was sharing them with other people. And so I started coaching 20 years ago, back before coaching was a thing. Mm. And now it's still one of the things that I most love to do is to coach and train others to help them get the kind of life that they want. You just touched on something that uh, I totally resonate with and understand because coaching is a very rewarding um, thing. Uh, you, you get uh, incredible feedback from uh, the people you coach. You get a lot of gratitude. Uh, you see them succeed. It is very rewarding. But I also know this. A lot of people, yourself included, before you went on this journey, and a lot of people listening to this podcast are extremely cynical about coaching because it seems that there's a life coach or a business coach popping up on every street corner and in everyone's Facebook feed. And granted, a lot of coaches these days look like they're 12 years old and they've just come off the lemonade stand and now they want to teach the world how to run a business and run Facebook ads. Um, Call me cynical, uh, but I'm allowed to be because I'm a coach. So what do you say to people who just, who are like, oh, here we go, another bloody coach? Yeah. Um, it's a fair question because it now we, like here I am in Boulder and um, a couple of people have asked me what I do and I say I'm a coach and then once they get to know me a bit or they go to the website they're like they're like wait a minute when you said you're a coach I thought you meant you're a coach like everybody else here in Boulder but you actually do this like you actually do this for a living and you've got a book and you've been on big stages and you hang out with people like John Gray and Jack Canfield from Chicken Soup and Mars and Venus. They're like, wait a minute, that's not what I thought you meant. So coach can mean a lot of different things. Mm. I would say you want to just check someone out, anyone that you're interested in working with. Um, sure, check their resume and see how long they've been doing it. But get a session with them if they're willing and try them out and see how it feels and see what kind of planning they do with you. And if you feel like there's a really great connection, try them out for a month. Mm. It's pretty simple. I, I have a theory that um, I was very cynical about coaches before I became a coach and now I actively seek coaching all the time um, yeah. because I think prior to my journey, I there was a time where I thought, A, I knew it all. I was too proud to ask for help. So it manif- my pride manifested in me going, oh, I don't need a coach. I know what I'm doing. I'll figure it out. I'll back myself. Right. right. Plus you're Australian. That's right. Plus I'm Australian. So I'm not allowed to admit vulnerability. Again, by law, I'm just not allowed to admit vulnerability. You get yeah, thrown in jail exactly. for Australia if you're vulnerable as a bloke. Um, yep. So um, 
However, what I realized is that the moment I put my hand up and said, you know what? I don't know the answer to these questions. I need some help was actually one of the most liberating days of my life because I didn't have to come up with all the answers. I could just ask someone else and kind of put it on them, right? (laughs) Right. Well, I'd say that's more consulting. You know, you get an expert who's going to tell you how to do it. Mm. Um, With coaching, pure coaching, you're still going to come up with the answers. Mm. Yeah, sure, maybe maybe there's, there's advice here and there, but... A coach's real job is to help you work out mm. what your best path is because I might be the expert on coaching, mm. but you're the expert on you. Mm. So I can't just tell you, go do this, 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 and this. Mm. That I'd, I'd consider that more consulting. Yeah. But I do take your point. Um, this whole idea that I, you know, the American story over here in America, you're a hero if you do it on your own. If you build yeah. a railroad, Right back in whenever they built railroads, mm. and you did it alone, you're a hero. Mm. And I think that's really shifting uh, now for entrepreneurs, but also in corporate corporations. The best leaders aren't the ones that have all the answers. Mm. The best leaders are the ones that ask the right questions, so that other people can come up with those right answers. And I was, I think, I was cynical too, like you, back when I discovered people who are out to help me, I'm like, yeah, no way. Cause I didn't, my parents didn't, didn't go looking for coaches. Mm. No one taught me about coaching. So anyone who was like, I'm going to help you to understand yourself better. I'm like, what, you know, you're all smiling and wearing name tags, get away from me. <laughs> but I, I discovered there are people who actually want to help. And there are people who are actually good at their job. And if you want to go further than you can on your own, then I think coaching is a valid option. What was the inciting incident, to quote the hero's journey, that led you on that path? What, what, what made you say, okay, I need some help. I'm going to get some coaching. Well, I, I, went, I went to do a personal development course because I wasn't happy in my marriage. I was having problems. And someone suggested my wife should should do it because because of how she was behaving. And I thought, that's a great idea. Let's change her. <laughs> um, but when I found out more about the course, I thought, you know, I, I haven't done much, almost any personal growth in my life. I would go and sit for three days and ask questions mm. and dig into it. So that's what got me into it. And then what got me into coaching was I couldn't stop coaching people during the course, someone would get stuck and I'd be talking to them on a break and I'd say, well, the instructor said this yesterday, would that apply? And I actually had one woman, um, told me about how her husband had an affair 10 years earlier and she'd use that to keep him under the thumb and to control him. And as we got deeper into conversation, it turned out someone else had an affair 10 years earlier. Wow. She did. But she didn't tell him that part. Wow. So he's still oblivious about that. And in the conversation, she started to see the possibility. And I've got goosebumps now Mm. just talking about it. Mm. She got the possibility of coming clean and putting her marriage on the line and risking her marriage to tell him the truth Mm. and to see what might be possible going forward. And she went and had that conversation with him Mm. and came back and told me that they – 
each felt like they were walking six feet above the ground, floating on air. And the whole weekend they felt so in love. Mm. And I I, I was hooked. I'm like, I want to learn, go and train. How can I help people having breakthroughs in their life and their business? Because it feels good to me. So how did you you then train to become a coach? Because there's not a... It's not like you just, you know, go to college and do a coaching degree. Well, you this... can now. Right, yeah, now you can, you can now. but like 20 years yeah. ago. No, back then I, um, I went and trained with Landmark Education, which was a personal growth training company. Mm. And I went and did the courses they required for me to be trained as a coach. Mm. And I also trained with Coach U, which had sprung up as one of the first coach training programs. And then I got myself certified with International Coach Federation. Hmm. Um, and then since then, I mean, I, I was going to say I, I've just done the last 20, 20 years since then of on the court training with just coaching hundreds of people, mm. but I'm back to training now. I, I, I found that I still want to learn. Mm. Now I'm doing um, more corporate work and I've got, I think, 11 corporate clients and I want to learn like, all right, what what's the language that they respond to? Mm. I've been coaching entrepreneurs for 20 years, but now I'm back to back to training. I mean, you know, it's, we're supposed to be interested in lifelong learning now, right? Mm. Uh, yeah, why not? Yeah. And, and, and what's your, um, in my experience, coaches, uh, tend to have different frameworks that they use to take their clients through a transformation. Have you got a specific angle or a specific framework that you use? I heard you mention before the truth, daring, caring, uh, meme. Is that something, is that a philosophy that you, that you use and apply on a regular basis? Yes. Well, wait, wait a minute. Those are different. Those are different questions. Hmm. Um, you know, some people like to know that there's a framework, right? And there's a model. And particularly for interviews like this, where we don't have real life situations, right? You're not bringing your business to me. You're not bringing your life to me. Um, it's helpful to have a model and a framework. So I came up with the three things that are most have been most instrumental in my growth and that I care about so much, and they are truth, daring, and caring, and and I love talking about them. But when you say, do I do I apply those on a regular basis? I think I apply them in my life on a regular basis. But in my coaching sessions, I just listen for what's needed this week. I say to my clients, all right, what's happening this week? What do you need? Let's have a look at your long-term goals that we've agreed on, but also what's happening now. And then I listen and I coach from there. Mm. Um, so, and I, and this is one of the, the pillars of truth, daring, caring is truth. I don't want to pretend that that's something I use on a regular basis with my clients. I use it when it comes up. So if you still want to talk about truth, daring, yeah. caring, I'm happy to, cause I, it, it's, it's, it just, it lights me up. Um, particularly the truth and the daring. Yeah. So let's let's park here for a minute. I mean, I think I I think I understand the truth, but what, what is what's your take on this? And and what's the daring piece? What does that mean? How do we become more daring? And how do we practically apply that in into our lives and our businesses and our and our relationships? Yes, and I'm glad you mentioned business because I know you've got a lot of freelancers um, in your audience, and I I you know. There are two b- benefits of following truth, daring, caring. One is that your life gets better. 
And on your deathbed, I want you to have zero regrets. I want you to live a regret-free life and say, I gave it all and I wouldn't have changed anything. That's what I want for you. Um, but the second benefit is it happens to do good things for your business as well. So truth is about, I, I didn't grow up learning to share what's happening in me. I didn't grow up learning to share my inner dialogue, to share how I'm feeling with, with about something. Worse, I didn't grow up learning how to even be aware of my inner dialogue and what's going on in my mind and what I'm feeling. So the last 20 years, and particularly the last six months for me, have been about revealing my own experience to myself. Like what's going on? I just realized I'm not really breathing right now. I'm getting all excited. I'm getting a little tense in my diaphragm. And I just caught that, so I'm going to take a breath. There's an example of revealing my experience to myself. And then once that happens, I have the option to reveal it to you hmm. and to our listeners so we can get more connected. Hmm. Now, it's pretty scary, and this will take us into the daring. It's pretty scary sometimes to share our truth. What about that, that, that woman I mentioned who came clean and said that she had an affair? She could have lost her marriage. That's what she put on the line. But when we take a risk, there's usually an upside to it. And what she was going for was the possibility of having a true partnership where there's actual real love between them. She put it on the line. She rolled the dice. And I want people rolling the dice more and more often. Now, it could cost you a friendship. It could cost you, if we go to the extreme, it could cost you some business. But in my experience, you tend to attract the people and the clients that are right for you if you're willing to tell more of the truth. Yeah, 100%. And so the daring is, is that feeling strong enough and confident enough and comfortable enough and brave enough to share your truth, to, to, to acknowledge the truth within yourself and to, sh and to share the truth with the people around you. What's the caring bit? How does that fit in? Well, hang on. You can't just jump over daring like that. Um, brave is the, is the operative word there because to be de truly daring, it has to feel uncomfortable. Mm. There's got to be something at risk. Otherwise, there's no daring required. Mm. So, and, and, and yes, one area where we can be daring is to tell the truth more. But another area, area we can be daring is Maybe there's some business you want. There's a, there's a prospect you want to ask for their business. Or there's a celebrity you'd like to ask to endorse your product or to get on your podcast. There, or maybe, like for me, paragliding the Himalayas solo hmm. was, was pushing my edge, pushing back my comfort zone. So there are lots of different ways. My question for, for everybody listening is where are you playing small in your life, smaller than you could? And what would be an edge for you if you were, if you were fearless? And I'm not asking you to be fearless, but if you were, what could that look like in your business, in your life? Get a sheet of paper and a pen and write those things down. Once you're aware of them, then you've got a choice. Am I gonna, am I gonna take one of these on this week? The caring, um, 
I talk about this reluctantly, and I do it because to me it's not very sexy. Truth is sexy. Daring is sexy. The caring I added because I used to see myself as a spiritual warrior. I would lean into things. I'm scared of heights, so I paraglide. I'm scared of open. I'm scared of abandonment, so I'd explore open relationships and date someone who's got other partners. Hmm. I just took another breath because <laughs> that was really edgy for me. And I want to, I, growth is such a high value that I have. Um, I lean into my fears. But what happened is I went too far and I was pushing myself. And people call this burnout in the, in the entrepreneurial and the corporate world. And I, and I found that I went into depression and anxiety and, 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 deep, and deep fatigue because I was burning the candle at both ends and I just kept pushing myself. And I realized finally, if I don't care for my body, I can't be successful at work and I can't be successful at life. So care for self, care for our relationships and care for our business or those things will fall apart. Mm. So that's the third pillar. Um, the talk to me about talk to me about the book. You said you've uh, you said you were talking to people in Boulder, Colorado. That you know you're a coach, and they're all saying you know well, everyone here's a coach, but you're actually a coach because you've got a book and you're doing this for a living. What was the process like of writing a book? And and I mean I'm kind of familiar these days that you don't make a lot of money out of a book, but it's it's a door opener. It opens doors for you. Was that part of the strategy for you? And and what was the process like? The, I, I don't normally talk about the book, but I think it's appropriate for your audience because the book's called Get Paid for Who You Are. And it was specifically about how to take a passion and make a living from it using the internet. So I'm, I'm sure your listeners can relate to that. Mm. Um, I did it for two reasons. One, I just needed to do it as a life. It was a lifetime goal of mine. I wanted to be an author. I wanted to have that experience. So it was a self-expression for me. So I'm glad I did it for that reason. Secondly, it was a strategy and a risky one because a book can be a huge amount of work and there are other ways to open doors. There are other ways to build credibility and there are other ways to make money. The book is like a long-term strategy. Maybe it'll help you make money. Now, I'm glad I did it because I needed that experience. And I do think it has opened some doors and people like to know that you're the author of a book. All right. Woohoo. But you, you know, I also, you could do an ebook, right? 30 page ebook. Boom. You're the author of a book, right? It's a bit of a stretch, but you can still say that. Um, or you can do a very, very short book and publish it on demand. It's not even printed until someone orders it. So you don't have the, the, you know, the overhead and the huge expense of doing it. And it doesn't take you two to five years, <laughs> which is most people. So if you, if you're going to do a book, be very, very careful and try and do it the streamlined way. Cause you, that's a rabbit hole that you may never emerge from. <laughs> And what, what did the, in your situation, what did the book do for you? What it, did it allow you to get on stages with other speakers? Was that was that part of the play? Like, what's what's the biggest benefit? I can't of- tell you. I can't tell you that, that 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 happened because the speaking gigs. I don't know of any that I got just because I had a book. You know, I tell you what did help: having the foreword written by Jack Canfield of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Hmm. That helps. 
But if I just gotten Jack to write me an endorsement or a testimonial, or something, then that that could have helped. Could have could have helped as well. Mm. But I get to say, um, for example, when I had my assistant reach out to you and pitch having me as a guest on this show, mm. I bet the pitch said David had a book. Get paid for who you are with forward written by Jack Canfield of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Mm. Now there's credibility. Mm. But if that hadn't happened, but if Jack hadn't written the forward, then I'd say I had a book, and maybe that would that would be, would that have helped me get get me in the door? Mm. I'm curious. And, um, well, I think it definitely added credibility. I think you're right there. H- how does that happen? How do you get someone like Jack Canfield to write the forward for your book? Well, yeah, that's a bigger and better question. Um, I stalked Jack. I met him at a conference and and just went up to him and said um, something about, you know, I'm, I'm really impressed with your success and your books make me cry. And we just got chatting. And because I had an email list, which I, I mentioned to him, uh, he was impressed by it. I think it was half his email list at the time. He said, we should cross promote. So now I've got a business in with Jack Canfield, Hmm. and when we did cross-promote, people on his list saw that and reached out to me, some players I wouldn't have normally gotten to play with, Hmm. and said, we should cross-promote. And so, you know, that happened. But that didn't get me in with Jack personally. It took another couple of events and conferences, um, and it's 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 a longer story and a good one, but maybe I'll, I'll tell you sometime about how I ended up meeting John Gray separately from Jack. And John Gray was one of the founders of the Transformation Leadership Council. And I leveraged that into a nomination to join the council. And it was once I was actually on the council that um, I, I got more time with Jack, but still not a friendship. But over time, that um, that became a friendship. And I asked him, if I wrote, if I drafted the forward in your language, would you look at it and see if it was something you could endorse? Hmm. And he said, "All right, send me a book, and I'll and I'll take a look at your book." Mm. There's a there's so a couple, that there's happened. a couple of things who I really like. One is that you can't beat just the way that a relationship evolves organically. That's you know you you, you just you can't hack that. Um, and two, you made it really easy for him because you basically did the work and said, I'll draft it in your voice, uh, in, in, in your words, take a look at it, let me know if it's something that you're happy to endorse, rather than just giving him a blank page and saying, hey, can you write the forward to my book? Yes. So you made it yes. easy for him, and, which is... And you're right. It, it's not, it was an organic thing. It wasn't like a, a strategy. Yeah. Um, I met him at one conference and... Um, I wanted to chat with him and I said, can we continue this conversation at lunch? And he said, he said, yeah. And he was kind of heading to lunch and I said, I have to pee. Would you save me a seat? My God, no one's ever, I've never read that strategy in a book. No. But now with everyone trying to get sitting next to Jack, he's, he's reserving the seat for me. I don't even have to rush. And then while we're talking, I told him about Byron Katie and the work I was doing, and he was interested. And then when I was um, heading to Byron Katie, I realized Jack lived really close to where I was doing the Byron Katie thing. And I reached out and I said, are you free for lunch? I could update you on what's happening with the Byron Katie course. And he he wrote back and said, yeah, let's set it up. And then that ended up uh, followed by an invitation to stay overnight by his wife. All organic. And... um, I really do like the guy, like aside from business and all that's mm. happened. Um, 
Yeah, so working on relationships. And this is where we come back to truth, daring, and caring. It took daring each time I reached out and, and, and made a request of Jack, and there was a lot of truth. I kept revealing my experience and sharing stuff with him you'd normally never share with someone, and I really think that helped develop the trust in the relationship. Mm. What is, I'm curious, uh, uh, if we can just switch gears for a second, what is the commercial model of a modern-day coach look like? Is it, do you do one-on-one coaching? Do you have on- online courses? Do you have group coaching? Do you run live events? How does that work? Well, mine's shifted now. What I tell you uh, the timeline. I started coaching. People were really interested in how I was doing it, so I started coaching regular folks and then also uh, coaches on how to build their practice. And then I got tired of saying the same thing over and over and over mm. to coaches, so I created my first product in 2002 and uh, then built it up to 10 information products, DVDs, had a book, ebook, CDs, all of that. Um, I was number one on Google for life coaching, hmm. um, which brings me back to, yeah, this guy really is doing it. Um, and then I let it all go because I felt burned out and I was tired of helping coaches. And I wanted to get back to like some of the more personal um transformational work and so i let it go and semi-retired in bali for 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 almost three years and then it's only in the last two years i've come back to coaching and i've i've started afresh and i realized if i'm only going to work with 15 people one-on-one then i want them to be amazing people i want them to be people who are making a difference in the world and they're already successful in many areas of life and they're constantly looking for how do I get more out of my life and more meaning out of my work. So that's my, my new, I've kind of gone full circle mm. back from coaching one-on-one to the full uh, information product route where I lost touch with my audience to back to one-on-one. Now the future is I'll probably do a book because um, I'll find a message that I really care about. I'll keep it very simple. And I want to get this message out to the world because I think it'll make a difference. And yeah, that maybe that'll uh, help the right people find me for the right stages or the right clients. Um, but it's going to be, again, mainly a self-expression and also a branding thing. You know, when people see that you've got a book out on something, I think they they kind of in their brain, they're like, oh, this is the guy or the or the gal for that. Mm. You know, that's this is their thing. Like like my friend uh, Rob Candell wrote a book called Unhidden. Like, all right, well, you're serious enough to write a book about it. If someone's asking me about that topic, I might send them to you. But until then, I didn't even know that that's what he cares about. Yeah, or, or that even it was a thing. Like, I mean, the 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 way that we present information these days, um, you know, I mean, I've been saying for years, there's nothing new since the Roman Empire. <laughs> it's, all, it's all derivative. You know, the whole freemium model has been around since the Roman Empire. It's just the way that we deliver the stuff now that's changed. Yeah, but, so true. Yeah, but I think it's interesting that uh, if you've got a unique take on something and you've got a unique process and a unique message around something, um, it's not only that 
a book actually makes it a thing. It makes it, it, you know, takes your thoughts and turns it into something that people can reference. But it also so it, so it actually puts your process in the vernacular, but it puts you on the map as an author. And it's very actually very easy to own a space if you've got a unique message because it's unique. No one else is is saying that, and, yes. and Unhidden's a, a great example well, of that. Yeah, and fortunately, uh, my brand is Play For Real. And when I went searching for it, fortunately, no one was using it. No books called that. I believe we're playing a game in life. And uh, it's just very high stakes. So let's play. But let's play like it matters. Mm. Let's play like this life might be the only one we get. Let's play for real. And, uh, yeah, I, I plan to own that space. And to your point, it's true. I, th- I think writing a book can help you clarify your yeah, message. Yeah, yeah. You have to get a clear, and I don't want like 20 points in a book. I want, like one person just said something on the weekend. She was saying, if there's something in the space between you, name it. If there's some awkwardness, name it. Mm. If there's some excitement, name it. And I was like, that's a great book title. Name that thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the title, that one key message. That's a book. Yeah. Uh, Grant Cardone wrote a book back in 2011 called The 10X Rule. Basically, set your goals, 10X what you think you can achieve, and then put in 10 times the effort to get there. I mean, that, basically, that's the book. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yes. Bestseller, like but that's the book, messages. two points. I mean, you know, exactly. Um, yes. Fascinating. Good segue. Hey, how does so? How does somebody learn more about Play For Real? How do they engage you? How do they find out more about what you're doing? Where can people reach out and uh, learn more about David Wood and Play For Real? Thank you, Troy. If, if something's resonated with you uh, in this interview, guys, then my offer is to do a discovery session with you. I don't charge for these sessions, one, because I, I love doing them, but two, it's because I find out who's the right client for me to work with long-term. And in this session, if you qualify for the session, we'll create a plan for your life and your business. And then if you want to implement that plan on your own, go ahead. I hope you'll let me know how it goes. And if we both think that coaching could make a really big impact, on your life and your business, then we'll talk about how to set that up. And the link for that, you go to playforreal.life, that's playforreal.life, L-I-F-E, and click on the big button up the top that says request a session. And then even if you're you're not feeling daring enough to book an actual session with me, click on the button anyway, because there's a life assessment that takes five minutes and you'll get really valuable information about your life and your business out of that. And then if you continue to book something on my calendar, we'll review those results. And if not, at least you'll have the results, which I really want you to have. Awesome. David Wood from playforreal.life, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for joining us on the WP Elevation podcast and uh, I wish you all the best for the future and look forward to crossing paths when I'm out in Colorado when I finally tick that off my bucket list. Yes. Thanks, Troy. Awesome. Thanks, David. There you go, folks. That's another episode of the WP Elevation podcast. Get on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. We really do read your reviews, and it also helps us come up in the search results if you give us a rating. And give us an honest rating. If you don't like it, give us a couple of stars and tell us why. And you can also check us out on Facebook and YouTube. All the links and show notes for this episode you can find at the WPElevation.com blog. And again, check out David's stuff at playforreal.life. I look forward to speaking with you again next week on the podcast. Until then, I'm Troy Dean. Go Elevate.